Okay, in Proverbs chapter 31 and verse 26, it says, When she speaks, her words are wise, and kindness is the rule when she gives instructions. Have you guys heard about the new reality show? They're going to take 10 men and stick them on an island with one minivan. Each gets one minivan. They have four kids and uh, <laughs> for six weeks. And each kid plays at least two sports, and they're involved in drama or music or dance. Uh, they can't eat any fast food, and each guy has to keep as clean as, as possible. And the guy has to listen to all the children's jokes, like, knock, knock, who's there? Peanut butter and jelly. Peanut butter and jelly who? Peanut butter and jelly face. They got it. Exactly. You have to laugh. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going through the second round of this with my grandchildren. Uh, peanut butter and jelly. And then, and then you have to answer 200 questions a day. Okay. Listen, listen. Why do birds fly? Why do birds have feathers? Why are they called birds? Why do birds poop? Why do birds do this? Why do birds chirp? Why do you have to listen? You have to try to answer the questions over and over and over and over and over and over again. They need to, they need to correct. The, the men have to, on this island have to correct all the homework. They have to stay up till at least 1.30 in the morning finishing the science project that their children are supposed to be finishing so they get a good grade on their science project. The moms should really get the grade for the science project. Let's just be honest, Okay. How many times have moms really finished off whatever that volcano thing was or whatever you made out of, you know, popsicle sticks? But they have to do that. And then they have to make sure they do all their chores. They need to cook and do the laundry. The men do have access to television. All right. But after they put all the children to sleep and they finish off the laundry and they only have one television and it doesn't and one television for all the men and there's no remote. Okay, and they have to survive that. Then they have to get a three year old to eat some kind of green vegetable. And they're only allowed to take showers for two minutes a day. I love this show. It's going to be great. It's going to be really good. Now, here's the good part. The winner gets voted off the island and gets to go back to their job. Their, their, their regular job. So whoever wins gets voted off down and go back to the regular job. There's another show that came out. I love this one. It's called The Raft. Have you heard about this? I mean, they're really getting desperate. The Raft. They stick two people on the raft in the, in the middle of the ocean, just float them around the middle of the ocean. I watched about three minutes of this show. And the, the man on the show for two, two and a half, three minutes was whining about being on the raft in the middle of the ocean. And I'm thinking, were you not paying attention when the producer said this show is about a raft sitting in the middle of the ocean doing nothing? The woman, on the other hand, she looked really peaceful on the raft, man. She was just laying back and you could just read her mind. You know, if I could just throw this guy off the raft in the shark vested waters, I'm ha- this is like a vacation. She's kind of laying back and relaxing and loved it. Absolutely loved it. Well, here's the thing. We are here to celebrate moms this morning. We're here to celebrate moms. I love what Milton Berle said, okay? Milton Berle said this, If evolution really works, why do mothers still only have two hands? (laughs) Amen. Someone say amen to that. Exactly. That is a proof. That's the only time we're going to talk about apologetics this morning, okay? That's it. 
but it's true. If evolution was really true, why is it that mothers still only have two hands? That was a genius thing to say. I totally agree because moms are so busy with so many different things. And what I want to do this morning is just honor these women who know that being a mother is an absolute adventure. It's an it's an adventure. Moms who people, women who understand that, that there's nothing more important than helping a person become the, the, the person that they were designed and created to be by God. There's nothing more significant, nothing more challenging than helping someone fulfill the purpose for which they were created. And that's what mothers do. That's what mothers do for us. Pouring into our lives Every single day. And isn't, isn't, isn't the, the epitome of Christ-likeness, of being Christ-like, pouring yourself into someone else's life each and every day? Is that what not Jesus, is that what, isn't that what Jesus Christ did? He poured himself into people's lives each and every day. That's what moms do. They pour themselves into other people's lives each and every day. And that, my friends, is true Christ-likeness. I hear a lot of talk about mom guilt. Jen mentioned it. But I've heard so much recently about, about mom guilt. You know, what goes on. And if, you, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you have to deal with comments like, so what do you do all day? Right? What do you do all day? Now, I'm a pastor, but I honestly, I can, I can say, I can relate to you a little bit with moms being a pastor. Because people will walk up to me, honestly, I've had this a hundred times, and they'll say, is this your full-time job? As a pastor, is that what you do? Is this your full-time job? And they'll say, like, other than preaching, what do you do all week other than preaching? I, I tell them, I work for about two hours, you know, two hours a week. It's usually Sundays right now. I, I, as I'm walking up here, I decide what I'm going to say. You know, as I'm coming up, I think, oh, what should I say? What should I say? Uh, then I go home and relax and watch Andy Griffith reruns. And that's what pastors do all the time. But, you know, people ask those questions. So what do you, so besides preaching, what do you do? And they'll ask mom, so what do you actually do all day? I think that's a stunning thing to ask a <laughs> stunning thing to ask a mother. And if you work, on the other hand, then people are making you feel guilty, or you maybe feel a little guilty because you're not spending enough time with your kids. And it seems like there's always someone or something making moms feel guilty. Whether you're using the right diapers, whether breastfeeding or not breastfeeding, um, there's always something. Or maybe you know you you forgot again that it was pajama day at school, right? And you didn't send your kid in the pajamas that day or you put your kids in pajamas and send them to school and it was in pajama day right? <laughs> you're like oh i thought that was too wednesday oh man my head you found out maybe that your child's allergic to dogs and you have three dogs you went to the park and it's like 88 degrees and sunny and you forgot to wear that, that you forgot to bring that little hat you put on them and, and put sunscreen on them. Or you missed that recital or that soccer game because of work. And there's always something, it seems, to make moms feel guilty. But I, I like what Sue Detweiler said. She said, moms aren't perfect. We are being perfected. Moms aren't perfect. We are just being perfected. And that's what you should all feel. There is no perfect parent, mom or dad. And you are being perfected by the, the creator of the universe. And he is investing in your life. My wife, Deb, I've heard her say this so many times to young moms. She says, you are the mom that your kids need. 
You are the mom that your, your kids need. You are the mom that God intended for your children. You know, you think, well, I don't, you know, I wish I was better at this. I wish I was better at that. You are the mom that God intended for your children. He put you, he put you as their mom, as their parents. And God knows what he's doing. And he will continue to develop you and help you become the person that you've created to be so you can invest in the lives of your children. And I'll be honest with you, that video was great because, you know, moms sometimes feel like, oh, I'm not patient enough. I should spend more time talking to my kids. I should be doing this and I should be doing that. uh, This meal wasn't good enough and I had to make them another TV dinner because we were so busy or whatever else. But you know what? In reality... Most, most husbands and children, this is what that video, that's what they think about their moms. If you ask them, they love their mothers. They, 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 they intensely love their mothers and they recognize, even though they don't tell you all the time, they recognize the sacrifice that you make and the significance that you have in their lives. I can be honest as all honesty here this morning. I would not be standing here today if it wasn't for the sacrifice of my mother. When I was growing up, she put me first all the time. I was first. She always came second. She made sure I had what I needed, what was necessary. She made sure that she invested in my life. She made sure she sacrificed for me. And because of that, I have turned out in many ways the person I am today because she made that investment. And I think so many of us can say that same thing, that our mothers have invested in our lives. You don't have to be a perfect parent to be a parent that God can use to make a difference in the life of your children. You do it every single day. Moms who, moms who take care of their families, whether they work outside of the home or within the home, need to be celebrated because of the nurturing environment that they provide. They create this environment in their homes where their families, their children can flourish. Moms, what moms do for us is measured in lives, in changed lives. George Washington wrote this. My mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am, I owe to my mother. I attribute my success in life to the moral, intellectual and physical education I received from her. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 and 21, it tells us, My son, keep your father's commands and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them upon your heart forever. Fasten them around your neck. Abraham Lincoln did just that. He wrote this. I remember my mother's prayers and they have always followed me. They have glued, they, they have clung to me all of my life. A mother's prayers, a mother's influence, a mother's teaching, a mother's love, a mother's compassion, a mother's defensive spirit, if you will, against the world. It makes people what they are. It invests more than you can possibly imagine imagine in who you, who you become. Moms impact lives in so many unique ways. I can't mention them all this morning, but I'd like to t- look at two key areas where moms invest in our lives and how they make a difference in our lives, what they do, what they give to their children. And the first one is mothers accept us regardless of our shortcomings. 
Our mothers will accept us regardless of our shortcomings. And it is refreshing and it is so comforting to know that your mother is going to accept you regardless of how you act sometimes and, and your success in life or your, your weaknesses. It's just so comforting that mothers will accept us even when we embarrass them. And you think, well, what do you mean embarrass them? My mom's embarrassing me all the time. You just forget did when you were younger. You forget how you embarrassed your mom when you were younger. One of the, one of the women in our church was telling the story how she was standing online, right? She's online and, and you can't, when you're online and people behind you, people in front of you are ready to come up to the counter to pay. And her three-year-old, there was a man in front who was a little husky. And the three-year-old yells out, look, mom, it's Fat Albert. What do you do then, right? Well, you're, you're stuck. Her mom, the mom's just sitting there. She's standing there. She's like, oh, so mortified, so embarrassed. And the, and the, the guy just turns around and goes, hey, hey, hey. So <laughs> he, was good. he was really good about it, but that doesn't mean it's not embarrassing to your mom. I mean, every, every mom here has stories of how they're standing online or doing something. Their kid says something that they're just like, oh, my gosh, Lord, beam me up. Beam me up, Scotty, right now. Do something. But you know what? For all the times that we embarrass our parents, for all the times that, you know, in most relationships, if you will, they would people would basically disown you or distance themselves from you. Our moms claim us as their own. Our moms continue to claim us. Remember that the next time that your mom embarrasses you, you say your mom embarrasses, just remember that. All right. Because the reality is our moms are sometimes our biggest fans. They really are. They're our biggest fans. I grew up in New York, and uh, growing up in New York, I was a big Mets fan. It was torture, okay, 60s, 70s, 80s, absolute torture to be a Mets fan. I started liking the Mets in about 1970. They won the World Series in, 19, uh, in 1969, um, and from 1970 all the way through, they just stunk. But I was a big Mets fan, and, uh, and I, remember, I remember one of the greatest... Um, memories that I have in life was back in 1986, the Mets in the World Series, and Mookie Wilson's at the plate, and he hits the ball, and Bill Buckner lets the ball, didn't let it, but, you know, bad hop and tough on him, lets the ball go through his legs. And, you know, the Mets, co- the Mets come around to score, and they win the game 1986 World Series against the Boston Red Sox. It was absolutely unbelievable. I remember it like it was yesterday. But Keith Hernandez is one of my favorite players. And that in that 1986 and the 1980s, Keith Hernandez was amazing. Keith Hernandez is one of the best players in the National League. He was a lifetime 300 hitter. Um, he won batting titles. He won multiple gold gloves. He was the MVP, MVP in the National League. He was the MVP in the World Series. But even, even with all of his accomplishments, he had to deal with his father's lack of acceptance and recognition. I mean, think about that. You're, a, you're in the major leagues and you have a lifetime 300 batting average. You're, you know, MVP of the World Series. You, you know, you're, you win golden gloves, all these kinds of things. And listen to what he says in an interview about, and I'm not criticizing dads here. I'm just showing you the difference between a mom and what she can do in the life of her child when she's a strong mother. Listen to what Keith Hernandez says in an interview about his relationship with his dad. One day, Keith asked his father, Dad, I have a lifetime 300 batting average. What more do you want? His father replied, but someday you're going to look back and say, I could have done more. 
I could have done more. I don't care if you're a grown man or a child. You know, you want that acceptance from your from your parents. You want that love. You want that support. You want them to tell you, you know, you want to hear your mom say you're a genius. Mom, tell me I'm a genius. As funny as it sounds, that's what Keith Hernandez wants from his father. Hey, dad, tell me I'm a genius. Tell me I'm really good at baseball. Tell me how how proud you are of me. Instead, he comes around and says, you know, you're going to look back and you're going to say, I could have done more. Compare that with Thomas Edison's mother. Okay. Thomas Edison's mother, when Thomas Edison was a child, his teacher sent him home with a note that said this. Your child is dumb. We can't do anything for him. And Miss Edison wrote back, you don't understand my boy. I'll teach him myself. You don't understand my boy. I'll teach him myself. You know what? Mothers are students of their children, and they sometimes know better than anyone else what their child needs to thrive, to succeed in this life. And when a teacher says something like that or other people say things like that, our mothers understand us. They understand, honestly, how we think, how we learn, our idiosyncrasies. Our mothers study and understand us. They are experts, okay? Mothers are experts experts at protecting us from the stupidity of this world, from all those people who are going to constantly tell you, you can't do this and you're there to this and you're to whatever and you're ugly and blah, blah, blah. You're going to hear all these negative messages weekly. You hear hundreds of negative messages and our moms are experts at saying things like, you know what? You're a genius and it's true. They tell, they tell you, they encourage you. They fight against the pressure of this world that you should be. I mean, women are under constant, girls especially, under constant pressure to be something more than what they are, according to the world. If you just had this makeup or if you just wore this size dress or if you just did that, if you could just do this, if you could just eat this, if you could just drive that or whatever else, you're never good enough. That's what the world says. And that's a lie we all know from the pit of hell. And our mothers help in those areas because they encourage and they support and they fight against, viciously fight back against the world's stupidity and what the world tries to tell us about ourselves that isn't true. It's a lie. And they defend us. Moms not only accept us, but number two, moms help us find our identity. They help us find our identity. In the book, Are You My Mother? I know a lot of you have read that book to your children. Have you read it before? Are You My Mother? Paul Eastman is the author, and he tells a story of a, of a little bird, a mom bird in a nest with a little egg. And the mom's sitting on the egg, and the egg starts to shake, and it starts to hop, right? And the mother realizes, oh, my baby's going to be born soon. So she flies out of the nest to go make sure she has enough food to bring back to feed her baby. Well, no sooner does she leave, but then the egg hatches, and the little bird comes out. And you can just picture this little bird in your mind. It's like ingrained in most of our minds. And the bird decides, looking around, trying to find its, realize its identity. Who, who am I? I don't see anyone here. So the bird goes on a quest outside of the home, outside of the nest to try to find its identity. And it walks up to a little kitten and says, are you my mother? And the kitten's like, no, I'm not your mother. And it walks up to a dog and asks that question. It goes up to a hen and asks that question. It goes up to a cow. Are you my mother? No, I'm not your mother. Then it says, well, I'm going to go over here. And it goes, up, it goes to a little, like an old beat up car sitting in the field. Are you my mother? No response. A boat goes to a boat. Are you my mother? No response. To a plane. Are you my mother? Finally, it comes. Remember the snort, right? I think it's called the snort. Crawls up on the snort and asks, are you my mother? And the thing just gives a big snort. 
And the, the snort, which is a backhoe, I guess, um, picks up the little bird and puts the bird back in its nest, just in time for the mother to come fly in and feed and nurture her little child, her little bird child. And the bird says, are you my mother? Of course, I'm your mother. Here's, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. There are a lot of influences out there in the world. You leave the home, you leave the nest, and there's so many influences out there. But we truly find our identity. We find our identity from the people who nurture us, who shape us, who mold us on a day-to-day basis. We find, who, about who, find out about who we are. We find our identity in the people within our home, our moms especially, who nurture us, who shape us, who mold us every single day. It is in the home that we first develop our sense of who we are. Who am I? And it's our moms, obviously, and our dads too, but it's not, it's not Father's Day, so I'm focused on moms. It's our moms who tell us, yeah, you're a genius. You can do this. You're wonderful. They give us words of affirmation and they're honest with us too and tell us in areas that we need to grow, where we need to, see, where we need to advance ourselves and how we need to make sure that we, we work on this area of our personality so when we go out in the world, we're going to be better uh, suited for our husbands and our children and our bosses and all those kinds of things. Our moms are the ones who help shape us into those kind of people. Every child has a right to a secure and happy Home. Children have the right to be loved and nurtured and encouraged by their parents. That, that's a, that is a right that every single child in this world should have. And that's important to understand because as Dr. James Dobson cautions us, he, he writes this. He says, a child can learn to doubt his worth at home even when he is deeply loved by his parents. Destructive ideas find their way into his thinking processes, leading him to conclude that he is ugly or incredibly stupid or that he has already proven himself to be a hopeless failure in life. And that those negative messages come through, whether it's computers or whether it's television or any kind of media, those messages are coming in that you're not good enough. Somehow you're not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not handsome enough. You're not something enough. And it's our moms who are basically the gatekeepers in our homes sometimes to fight against that. Moms see what I just described. It's so true. What I told, what I just read you from, from Dobson is true. But it's usually our moms who see it. They see it and they provide us the love and the light that shines through the lies of this world. They punch through the darkness and all those negative comments that are made to us each and every day. They give us the support and the instruction to really grow beyond our weaknesses and beyond our insecurities. We grow up in a world that pushes us upon us and we grow up with weaknesses and insecurities. And it's our moms who help us and provide that nurturing spirit to help us overcome those weaknesses and those insecurities. They provide this nurturing environment if you will, that allows our our seedling greatness to flourish and to bloom. Moms see in us what we truly can become. And they create this fertile soil, this nurturing fertile soil for those seeds to sprout and those seeds to grow and for us to become the people that God created us to be. It's why he's given us mothers. 
because they have the power to do that. They hold back. Listen, they hold back the relentless voices of doubt and discouragement that try to derail our hopes and our dreams. You know, people will say, when I grow up, I would want to be, I want to be this, or I would like to do that. And even when we get into high school, we want to, we share our hopes and our dreams with our parents. And we say it to people in the world sometimes, oh, that'll never happen. You're a pipe dreamer. Oh, you're just, that's ridiculous, or whatever the world would say. But our moms encourage us. They fight against those discouraging doubts that derail our hopes and dreams. And they try to help, help us hold on to in our hearts what God has designed us to be. And even, even if they're not sure that's going to work out, that's not what you're going to become. They encourage it. They encourage our ability to strive forward and to be that person. And they want us to be that person. And they provide the environment so we can become that person. They know who we truly are. Moms understand who we truly are. Kate, now, I, I'm not a big royal follower. Some of you are really into royalty and all that kind of stuff because when I was, when I was in my 20s or whatever, the royal family in England was, was a mess. And I just thought, my gosh, why are we even talking about these people? But, you know, Kate Middleton and Prince William, I even... Prince, I know Prince Harry. I, I, I admit, you know, I have a pink shirt on, so I'll just say, you know, I, I, do, I do like those, uh, the, the new royals coming in. But Prince William and Kate Middleton just had a new baby, right? And it's Princess Charlotte, Charlotte right? Princess Charlotte. And she's, she's royalty. She's royalty. So it's cool. We want to pay attention because that's really neat. They had a baby. She's princess and she's royalty. Do you know something? Do you know that if you, when you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, that you're royalty? That you, you, are, you are royalty. You're, I want you to, don't, don't let that go past. Wake up if you fell asleep. I want to tell you something. You're royalty. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, it says this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. God's special possession. We are children of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That means you are royalty. That means you are special. You are unique. You're a child of the King. Moms treat us like the princes and princesses that we are. Our moms treat us like the princes Biblically, theologically, they're absolutely correct. And most of the time, moms will treat us like the prince and the princesses that we are. Our moms treat us much like God treats us. Think about this. As a special possession. As a special possession. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That means that we are royalty. That we are his children Princes and princesses. Every single one of you is. You know, people will make fun of moms sometimes because they'll, they'll, uh, they'll say like, oh, you know, they, people say, well, your, your mom doesn't think you can do any wrong. I, I've told this story before, but I remember one time about five or six years ago, my mom called me. We were talking. She said, how are things going? I said, not too bad. You know, I have some troubles in the church a little bit. And she said, what do you mean? Well, some, I said, some people just frustrated about something. They didn't like something I did. And, and she said, what, what, what are you talking about? I said, well, you know, that some people don't like me. She was like silence on the phone. What do you mean they don't like you? Who could not like you? She said, I, I don't understand. You give me their names, their numbers. You know, she was, 
<laughs> you know, it's like, you know, our moms, they think, but we, we think, you know, sometimes our moms think we can do no wrong. But here's their deal. They don't think that we can do no wrong. That's not the point. They just instinctively and spiritually know how each child should be treated. They know it in their hearts. They instinctively and spiritually, theologically know how children should be treated. A godly parent, let me tell you something, a godly parent is the most influential person in a child's life. And I don't care what statistic you read. I don't care what they say on TV. I don't care what you see on the internet. A child, a, a parent, a godly parent is the most influential person in a child's life. Not their friends. Never, okay, their friends. Not the culture. Not the media. Not books. Not the internet. Do not give your right away just because someone tells you in this culture that at some point when they turn into teenagers that your, your opinions don't count anymore. Their, their friends are more important than you. That's not true. I never gave up the right to become the most influential person in my child's life and neither did my wife. And we were always the most influential person in their lives. Why? Because that's the way God created it. You as a mom, you are always going to be and don't relinquish the title of the most important person in your child's life. Keep talking, keep investing, keep loving, keep supporting. They're listening. And when they're 25 and 26 and 30 years old, they were repeating everything you said that you didn't think they were listening to. Even when they say, I can't believe I sound like my mom. They have their own kids, right? And they're like, I always said I would never do that when I had kids. And I'm doing exactly my mom in a good way. And I, I can't believe I sound just like my mom. You know why? Because your mom is awesome. And your mom knows what she's talking about. And in Proverbs 31, 26 says, when she speaks, her words are wise. And kindness is the rule when she gives instruction. So here's my loving encouragement to you. Listen to. Respect. And celebrate one of God's greatest creations in the universe, mothers. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that we can spend together. Thank you for the opportunity we have to come and just stop this morning and celebrate our moms. I know you get just a joy in your heart, Lord God, from hearing us talk about our mothers and respecting them. Your word says that we should respect our moms that we should love them and cherish what they say and hold on to it with all of our hearts. And God, that's what we want to do even this morning. We want to cherish, we want to respect, we want to encourage our mothers. I pray, dear God, not just this morning, but in the days, the weeks, the months, the years to come, that would be something that we make a habit in our lives to say thank you, to be supportive, to be encouraging, and to let our moms know, look them right in the eye and have the courage to say what we're feeling about them, which we usually don't do. I pray that we would do that, that we would write them an encouraging note, say something positive, Lord God, for all they do in our lives. I pray that you would bless them. I pray that you would protect them. I pray that you give them wisdom and discernment. I pray that you would hold their arms up, Lord God, as they fight against the pressures of this world and protect their babies. Whether their babies are, are one or a hundred. That's what moms do. They protect their babies. And I pray that you give them the strength to do that. We love you. We praise you for being a God who gives us our mothers. We pray these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. 
You have a fantastic Mother's Day. And all you moms, make sure you grab some flowers on the way out. Okay, make sure those flowers disappear. Happy Mother's Day.